Hey, hey, and welcome to Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Sheeran and the host of this podcast. Guys, I'm super excited. You are hanging out with us today in Insurance Town because we've got a heck of a guest lined up for you today. And my man, Andy Runyon, he does a fantastic job with cyber insurance, and I can't wait for you to hear more about that. But before we do, I want to talk to you about my good friends over at Smart Choice. You know, they are the fastest growing agency network for a reason. Uh, they do a phenomenal job. They negotiate uh, higher commissions. They work with you to lower your premium thresholds. They help you get contracts. They help you write business. They do commercial, personal lines. Go to smartchoiceagents.com and check it out. Also, guys, can't wait to uh, tell you more about my good friends over at Cover Desk. Cover Desk is a phenomenal sponsor of ours and, and a great partner to have for your agency as well. They are the premier solution for virtual assistance. Yes, if you're looking for uh, employment options, you're looking to add staff, if you're looking to take some projects uh, off of your desk or off your account manager's desk, look no further than Cover Desk. If you're looking to hire if you're looking to expand your team, this is a smart way of doing things. They've been trained in our space and they know the insurance industry and they become a part of your team. Go to CoverDesk.com and check it out. They do a phenomenal job. Whether you need one or need a whole team through CoverDesk Direct, CoverDesk.com. Guys, I can't wait for you. I'm going to get out of the way. I can't wait for you to meet Andy Runyon. So sit back, relax, and check out my conversation with Andy Runyon. Andy Runyon, my man, how are you, brother? Man, doing great. How are you? Man, I am good. Uh, I'm excited to have another Arkansas boy on here, man. That's good. Uh, uh, yeah, that's right. I don't know. We're gonna have to see if the if the Northerners will understand it. We may have to have to go a little slow or clean it up a little bit today. That's right. You know, uh, we may have to speed it up. It might be yeah. too slow for him. Who knows? Yeah. But yeah, I'm glad to know, man. Uh, and you're in. Uh, you know what people say. You know God's country up there, and it's uh, it's beautiful up there, man, in uh, Northeast Arkansas. Yeah, I'm learning learning to love it a little bit. I'm a little rock yeah. boy at heart, uh, yeah. but yeah, I've been up here for for a while now with my wife, and uh, it is it's beautiful. Yeah, it's growing up there. ASU's growing. There's a lot going on up there, man. It's good. Um, you know, uh, every time I go up there, it's like you know, I don't know, just uh, new things going on. It's just a lot of growth, a lot of excitement. You know, it's not just Northwest Arkansas that's growing. There's a lot going on Northeast as well, man. That's cool. That's right. I, I came through ASU. I finished in 2005 and, uh, you know, you, you wouldn't hardly notice Jonesboro if you hadn't been back since, since, you know, that time, you know, 15, 20 years ago, um, a lot's changed in, yeah, in the yeah. last couple of decades. Yeah. It's super cool. So, well, before we, uh, get too far off into it, let's, uh, let's take a walk down memory lane, Andy. And won't you uh, take the audience a little bit and uh, see, you know, where you've come from, a little bit about your story, a little bit. And then we'll kind of just dive into some conversation a little bit. Yeah, for sure. So uh, right out of right out of ASU, start there. Um, I went into education, um, and I was a coach and a teacher. And um, what I what I found out real quick, uh, I was not that coach that just 
talk PE or coach PE and rolled the ball out or graded worksheets. You know, I was teaching uh, advanced placement. Um, I started an advanced placement course at, at two different high schools. And when my buddies were at home drinking beer on Sundays, I was grading essays and uh, was burning both ends of the candle, you know, uh, for, for not a lot of not a lot of financial return. So after about a decade of that and, and two kids later, I uh, had a buddy uh, that was in uh, medical sales that, um, you know, was also a baseball guy by background, uh, like I was at ASU. And he was like, man, Hey, I'm getting a promotion. You need to come over. You'd be really good at this stuff. So I'd never considered sales before. Um, I was a fourth generation teacher. Um, so when he took his promotion, uh, I left education and, uh, got into sales in 2014, did medical sales for five years, uh, got a, a pretty good look at the belly of the beast of healthcare and, and saw some, saw some great things, but saw some from a, from a scientific standpoint and from some advancement standpoint, but also saw some really, really ugly things. It's extremely yeah. cutthroat and there's a lot of waste and, uh, almost extortion, uh, of the common person. And, uh, from there, um, was, was looking at my fifth layoff in four years. Uh, I survived all of those. Um, but man, I was staring one in the face that was going to hit two days before my third child. And, uh, through a connection at church, um, met, uh, Philip Greer at block insurance and, uh, he needed a medical guy and I had the medical knowledge. So I jumped into insurance, um, with, uh, the plan to do malpractice insurance about six months before a global pandemic hit. <laughs> so, uh, if, I mean, we got in, we got in and, and, and did a couple and was really, uh, really, you know, kind of, uh, yeah. you know, starting off well and enjoying it. And, uh, the pandemic hit that really pumped the brakes on malpractice. Nobody's wanting to talk about malpractice insurance in the middle of a global pandemic, because number one, they were just trying to get to five o'clock every day. Uh, but number two, I mean, you've got, medical professionals out here <laughs> saying that COVID's not real. And I mean, I, I, we're, I'm not here for that discussion, uh, right. but from a malpractice and liability standpoint, nobody was wanting to, wanting to back that or, or not back it at the time. So um, anyway, uh, as all that stuff was developing, um, Acresure, the company that I was with, was making a big push on cyber insurance. And it's kind of as luck and fate would have it. Um, and, and, you know, kind of the good Lord's plan for my life, uh, man, cyber crime skyrocketed, uh, during, during COVID and post COVID. So it really pushed all that stuff off of the fortune 500 companies into main street. And about, uh, three years into it with Acresure, I had an opportunity to specialize in cyber and take a vice president role of right line. And here we sit. There you go. Wow. Um, that was a, a, a sprint down memory lane. So, you know, I'd love to dive into a little bit more into some of that. And so, you know, uh, you know, it is interesting you talk about, cause a lot of things changed in our industry, in our world and everything, you know, it feels like, you know, you know, are you, a, are you a Marvel guy at all? No, I, I actually uh, am not. Yes. But man, go ahead. I mean, uh, there's a lot of Marvel folks out there. I, I yeah, I, you know, but when you when you loosely. talk about you know the the Marvel deal and you, you talk about you know some of those movies, there was a glitch and there was you know a time when you know there was pre glitch and after and then there's multiverse now and all this stuff. I kind of right. feel like that with pandemic. There was people that yes. refer to life before pandemic, yeah, and life after the pandemic. Sure. And it's like there's this couple of years, it's kind of a blur. Like they did they really happen? Did this really what what and then now right. we're at this whole world now of like, you know, it's just the whole world changed. And so I'm interested, you know, to hear from you going not only from teaching to sales, but then from sales to whole different 
mm-hmm. type of sales and getting sure. into insurance and then pandemic hits. And so, right. you know, what was that like for you? And, you know, obviously, you know, you were going in with one thing in mind with medical malpractice. Sure. When did you figure out, you know, cyber's something I need to really pay more attention to? Right. Um, honestly, when I, when I started, uh, cyber was just kind of an add on. Um, we, um, you know, it was, it was a new thing. I mean, it's been around cyber insurance has been around since the the mid to late nineties, you know, but again, it was for, it was for the big dogs and, you know, it was just, it was written differently and, and kind of marketed to a, to a different, uh, customer back then. Yep. And it was making its way more. I mean, it was kind of trickling down uh, in in the late 2010s when I started. Um, but it was one of those deals. I joke with everybody. I, you know, the my dad had an old saying: "In the land of the blind, the one-eyed man's king." You know, yeah. um, here here I sit in Northeast Arkansas. I just started in insurance. Um, I worked with some guys uh, that that were very knowledgeable about insurance in general. But you know, they. They'd made their money doing property and casualty, home and auto, work comp, stuff like that. And it was like, hey, um, there's this new line here. You're the young guy. You seem to know a little bit about computers. <laughs> right. Why don't, why don't you take cyber? You know, and I mean, of course, I mean, as the new guy in the room, you're not going to be like, no, I'm not going to do that. You, right. Of course, you say yes. You know, so I was learning malpractice and cyber at the same time. And what the pandemic did essentially for me is it just shut one down and exploded the other. Um, you know, we, we got into a scenario where, um, you know, uh, nobody, uh, w- was looking at any type of malpractice, anything for, uh, at least a year, uh, that wasn't even being discussed or evaluated. Um, and then as folks went remote and this is again, one man's opinion. Um, I, I, I preface that all this all the time when I speak on COVID, I'm not speaking from a medical standpoint. I'm not speaking from a political standpoint, like you said, the glitch deal, which, by the way, yeah. I'm somewhat familiar. I, I think what happened with me on Marvel was like I read all that stuff when I was a kid, and yeah. then the movies didn't come out till I was an adult, and I got a little bit bitter. I really wanted those movies to come out when I was like, 13, I understand, you know. I so understand. anyway, but yeah, that's that's kind of what happened, and and you know, it, it pushed all of the cybercrime to uh, you know, the forefront as people were going remote and things weren't as yeah. secure and people had not maybe invested in it as heavily as they thought that they should, or they, they would, you know, and, uh, we start seeing breaches at, uh, man, the hospital level went nuts. Yeah. Uh, the, I mean, we, we've seen it all the way down at, at that time. Uh, I mean, single shot funeral homes were getting hacked yeah. and, and folks were sending out, you know, a fake invoice or, I mean, you know, like, Hey, because of the pandemic, um, we won't be able to hold in-person services for this person in the community. If you would like to, the family's requested for you to, instead of attending to donate in their name to, and man, it's, you're just simply wiring money to, to Russia or wherever, you know? Uh, so it was, I mean, it was wild what was going on there, uh, yeah. for a moment. And it really kind of forced everybody It's a major slap in the face, uh, you know, force yeah. everybody to wake up to that type of coverage. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, hospitals and whatnot. I mean, we started seeing like, even back to, I think it was, you talk about 2014, 15, I mean, we started seeing people like Target, Neiman Marcus, you sure. know, Michaels, P.F. Chang's, yep. uh, Albertsons, you got Dairy. I mean, I remember some of these big names that would come out talking about this. Yep. And I think that was almost, I mean, it was big to hear those kind of things happening, but almost made you feel like, oh, they're going after the big guys. They're no, not what? worried about me. They're going to go after Home Depot and, and UPS and Target. They're not worried about me. But that's that's quickly shifted now. You know, post pandemic, am I right? 
100%. I mean, you're spot on with that. Uh, there's very much an attitude still that, I mean, it still pervades today, you know, um, that, that, you know, why we're, we're too small or the one that absolutely drives me crazy is, is we're located in a rural area and it's like, it don't bro, the, the internet is not rural, <laughs> you know, like yeah, I mean, exactly you know, to a, to a cyber criminal an open door to your network looks the same in Chicago as it does in Blackrock. You know, I mean, like yep. it doesn't, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll hear that, um, pretty regularly. The story that I always tell is I've, I've got a buddy I'll remain nameless. I'm not going to put him on front street, uh, you know, on, on a podcast, but a friend of mine runs a very successful business that does North of $40 million in revenue. And we had a little chat with, with CISA and, and for the folks out there in insurance town, you know, the, the insurance town world that don't know what CISA is, CISA is the cybersecurity and infrastructure security agency. They're a part of Homeland Security. Uh, they're funded by tax dollars and they're here in our state. They're here in Arkansas and in other states, um, you know, specifically to bring cybersecurity awareness and controls to small business free of charge and large business as well. Yeah. Uh, but, but it's all funded by tax dollars. So anyway, we had put on a program with them. My buddy attended, he comes up afterwards and he was like, man, he was like, you said in your presentation, I wrote this down. You said in your presentation that the average ransom demand right now is about a quarter of a million dollars. He said, you mean to tell me that where I'm located again, leaving out the details where I'm located, you think you, you mean to tell me they're going to ransom me for a quarter of a million? And I said, no, I, I don't think that. And he, he said, yeah, that's, that's what I thought. And I said, yeah, honestly, based on your revenue, I think it would be somewhere between two and three million. Yeah. And I mean, man, his eye, the old eyebrows hit the hairline, you know, I mean, he, and he was like, are you serious? And I said, they don't care where you're located. I was like, they're going to get, they're going to get in your system. We, we got the Conti playbook. It was, it was published, you know, not we, but I mean, the public yeah. got the, which is a hacker group. The yeah. Conti playbook got published back in 2021, I believe. The second thing on their playbook was a revenue search. Set a baseline. What are we, We're in, right? What are we dealing with here? How much can we ask for and have a chance of getting paid out on this? And, and that's what I was, I was like, man, it, they, don't, they don't care where you're at. All they care much is how much money's flowing through that place. Yeah. And a lot of times, you know, it's kind of like, uh, you know, a burglar going, you know, to a smaller house, you know, or whatever it might be, because, you know, you're not going to get you notice as quickly. It's quick in, quick out, grab what you can. Same thing here. A lot of people just think, you know, I don't have a lot of credit card, you know, information out there. I don't have this. I don't keep a lot of data on hand. It's not a big deal, but it doesn't matter if you have, you know, a limited amount of transaction or if you have a ton. I mean, if they can get in and get out, I mean, it's just a, a matter of volume, I feel like. Yeah. And, and two, two points to that. Number one, anybody that, that holds, uh, you know, customer information specifically health information, you know, you've got to consider the notification cost. You know, if you hold the decent amount of records, doesn't matter if you're low revenue. I was, I was yeah. dealing with the company recently that was, I mean, they were South of 10 million in revenue, but they had like 45 or 50,000 right. records on hand, you know, that you, in, a, in an event of a breach, you're going to have to notify every single one of those people at like, 60 yep. to a hundred dollars a pop. Like that's not insignificant, you know? Exactly. Uh, so there's that, but then also too, you know, uh, pe people have to realize that like, man, it's, it, it is there, there are, I, I'm an old coach, right? So you got to excuse the coach. Like there, there's a JV football team and a varsity football team, right? There's a JV yeah. baseball team and a, and a varsity, yeah. you know, baseball team. There's JV hackers out there too. You know, there are yeah. people that just downloaded their kit that are starting to figure out everything and they're not going after you mentioned target and Equifax. They ain't going after target and Equifax. Right. Guess what they're going after? 
the, the you know, the, a downtown boutique or you know, anybody that they, they're, you know, so, so this idea that we're too small to get hacked, you know, there are folks out there that are cutting their teeth on the bad side of the fence and they don't care how small you are. They just want to get their first lick and then they're going to grow from there. Yeah. And I remember, you know, back, you know, when I was selling insurance, you know, it's been several years back, not too many years back, but even back then I felt like, you know, premiums were entirely too, I hate to say the word cheap, but too inexpensive when you were looking at, you know, oh, I could just, and I remember saying this is just. You know, I was trying to get, you know, as much premium as I could. Like, ah, for another $12 a month, I can add cyber. Mm-hmm. And I would just kind of glance over it, gloss over it real quick and move on. Sometimes they take it, sometimes it wasn't. It wasn't a big deal. And I just kind of ancillary uh-huh. sell it. And then, you know, I remember back then thinking, man, you know, how important this is. But at the same time, you know, it's just so cheap, whatever. And and then when I started, I had, you know, I had my first claim in that. And to see, like you said, how much. And I was like, mm-hmm. even back then, I was thinking, we're not charging enough premium. Correct. And then even since pandemic, I think I saw a stat where it's like 300% more cyber attacks since the pandemic. Right. And premiums have gone up. But now the average is probably maybe, you know, 50 bucks a month instead of 18 to 20. So we're still not charging enough. Right. And I feel like this is a huge, you know, a, a huge liability risk within your business, no matter what you're doing. And I, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. And I'd love for you to take a moment and talk to insurance agents right now, Sure. you know, and what the importance of this and, and what they could use, maybe as some selling features, some selling points. Yep. You don't mind, you don't mind doing that for me? Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so no, but you're absolutely right. I, I was listening to a uh, fairly nationally renowned speaker the other day in regards to to cyber risk, and they made I thought this was a great quote. They said that the market totally misjudged the risk, and that's I mean that's, that's essentially that's essentially what happened. Um, yeah. Going to your point, back before pre COVID, before all this stuff blew up and all the increase in, in claims happened. I mean, you could write a million dollar cyber policy with this being the underwriting, like literally, are you in the marijuana industry? No. Okay, great. Have you had a loss in the last two years? No. Okay, great. What's your revenue? What are your employees? Here's your quote. And it's for a million dollars. It's 1800 bucks with a, you know, two and a half thousand dollar deductible. Right. (laughs) And like, I mean, again, you hit the nail on the head. It was like... And and that's, I mean, honestly, man, I mean, I, I don't know if you read the article, but there was some stuff that came out recently where the Zurich CEO came on and said, cyber is going to become uninsurable. And like, I understand fully that I'm a 41 year old dude in Northeast Arkansas and he's the CEO of Zurich. I get it. Right. The guy has forgotten more about insurance than I have, but, but I would caveat that with cyber is going to become uninsurable if we continue to underwrite and price risk like we always have. There there are folks out there that are underwriting and asking, I don't want to say the right questions, I would say better questions to help understand. I, I tell people all the time, man, think about PNC. We know PNC. PNC insurance has been around. Fire insurance has been around for hundreds of years, right? If you had a building and that building had no sprinklers on it and it had no exit signs, and the rafters were made out of matchsticks. Yeah. Would anybody write fire insurance for that building? <laughs> of course they would. I mean, there's no way, right? Right. But for years, we weren't even asking if there was a firewall or if there were backups or if MFA was on all remote logging. I mean, those questions weren't even being asked, right? right. And people were just 
flipping cyber quotes and paying the claims. So yeah, no, you're, you're exactly right. Uh, the, the, the pendulum's kind of swung the other way and we are underwriting the risk a little bit better, but to your second question or to your question there, uh, as far as like how, uh, can agents, uh, bring this to the forefront, man, just as human beings, we have this really, really, um, and especially Americans, I feel like we have this really bad sickness of like, it's not a big deal until it's at my front doorstep. Right. So here's where I would encourage insurance agents to start. Okay. Look at cyber as an ENO exposure. Like look at as a look at it, look at it as a threat to your agency, right? Um, it, there, there is at least a possibility out there because it's being talked about. I mean, you got guys like me that are sitting in my chair that do cyber eight to five every day, Monday through Friday, 365 days a year, right? The old days of like pushing your head in the sand and saying, Hey man, I, I cut my teeth on, on home and auto and PNC or work comp or benefits or whatever. And I, I don't get this cyber stuff. So we're just not going to talk about it. Like you're to the point now to where one of your main clients could have a million dollar loss and they could come to you and say, why did you not talk to me about this? Why did you not educate me about this? This is your job. We trust you in all things insurance, generalist agent, independent agent, right? Um, so, so view it as an ENO risk. And, and if, even if, even if you're to the point in your career where you don't want to spend the time, effort and energy out there learning it yourself, um, hire somebody who does get somebody trained, who does reach out to somebody that's a special align yourself, partner yourself with somebody like us at Brightline to where, you know, you can say, Hey, I don't get it, but I know a guy who does, um, because it, it absolutely is becoming an ENO exposure. Yeah. I, uh, yeah, I think, you know, it could be also a great lead in, you know, a lot of people, you know, you're talking about prospecting and you're talking about trying to get new business in the door. Sure. I think cyber could even be a great lead in. I'm looking at, and I want to hear your thoughts on this. You and I talked about this before a little bit, I believe, but I'm looking at a scenario in a world where in our industry to where, you know, there's your life and health specialist and your employee benefits. Sure. And then you've got your home and auto or your personal lines. And then you've got commercial specialty. You know, I could even see someone, you know, especially just in cyber as, right. you know, and then, you know, other ancillary thing or not ancillary, but other coverages around cyber yep. and that being its own thing. You know, you got, like I said, EB, you got personal lines, you got commercial lines, you got life, and then you got cyber. Did yeah. you see a world like that? Yep. We're at a mid-roll ad, ladies and gentlemen. I got to talk to you about my friends over at Manscaped. Guys, ladies, it is conference season. It's summertime. It's convention season. Uh, you're going to make a presentation or you're going to go talk to people one-on-one. -on -one. First of all, pop a tic-tac. <laughs> Number two, also, you don't want to have those nose hairs hanging out or eyebrow hairs or ear hairs showing. First of all, it's distracting and disgusting. And number two, you want to make sure you look your best when you're trying to make that, that sale. You're trying to close that deal. You're trying to network at your best. You got to make sure you're looking good. Make sure everything's looking all tight and right. You've got to have the Weed Whacker 2.0. That's going to take care. No pools, no snags. It is a, a phenomenal product. I use it myself and it's keeping me looking good. Look at it. No nose hairs. Uh, it's fantastic. It also takes care of your ear, your ear holes, your ear hair, everything, man. Uh, you got to make sure, and it'll also work on your eyebrow. Uh, make sure you're looking your best with Manscaped and get 20% off using the code MAYOR. Go to manscaped.com and at checkout, scroll to the bottom and use the discount code MAYOR and you're going to get 20% off plus free shipping. Also, guys, I can't wait uh, for you to try out Canopy Connect. 
Uh, use canopy.com backslash Heath. Get you a discount code there and also book your demo. Uh, what they are, man, they are phenomenal. They are your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospect. You can use them for uh, referral partners. You can use them when you're talking to your uh, potential clients or when you're trying to get loss runs. That's right. They do loss runs now for commercial insurance. Go to usecanopy.com backslash Heath and get your discount and get your demo scheduled. Guys, let's get back to the show. Absolutely. And I mean, I, the, the direct correlation there, because usually those conversations are happening with, for us, with the IT team, risk managers and the C-suite, like those are the majority and owners, you know? Yeah. Um, so starting with cyber as a lead in or a specialty, and then having that branch over into uh, DNO professional liability, uh, you know, there, there's, you're, you're going to have some of those same type folks and you'll even see some policies in which cyber is included on the professional liability. It's usually not very good. Um, right. so there's some, there's some tie in there and, and some thought paths that, that track, you know, some swim lanes that kind of overlap. So no, absolutely. And I mean, there, there's some stats, um, out there, uh, on the increase in cyber crime that's expected between now and 2028 and the increase in premium. Uh, global premium that's expected in cyber liability between now and 2028. And, and both of them look like a hockey stick, you know? And, and I mean, it, it's not hard to look at those two graphs, whether they're right, wrong or indifferent, whether, I mean, man, if they're off by a hundred billion dollars, I mean, like the estimations are into the trillions, right? So even if they're off by, you know, by, by a hundred billion, there's still a yeah. lot of, of, and, and you hate to sound like you're fear mongering or you're like taking advantage of a majorly negative thing in society. It's really not that it's like, look at how the risk is evolving. Right. Um, right. And, and, and going, Hey, like people need, they need this coverage. They need education on it. Society as a whole doesn't really understand it. Um, you know, I mean, think about, I mean, there's, there's Saturday night live skits about people not listening to the IT guy. Right. And it's yeah. because most of us don't get it. Yeah. So that translates over into our world, into the insurance world of people don't get cyber and, and there is absolutely a need for cyber specialists. Yeah, agreed. I think it opened up a whole nother avenue for recruiting for your agency instead of going after your traditional PNC licensed or, you know, business major type of guy, you know, you could end up finding some of those IT guys, some of those. Sure you know, people that get a degree in that and, you know, not only may have an IT guy inside the agency, but you also got somebody that could speak that language, get them licensed and go ahead and, you know, you have an avenue right there to write some more premium to help educate your customers. And it's not an insurance guy. I think it becomes a play of, let me introduce you to our whatever, you know, our cyber yeah. guy, our, in, our whatever. I don't know what you call it. I'm so old. I just call it our IT guy, but right, I'm sure. sure there's some new terminology for it. But either either way, I just, you know, I think it's interesting. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, I, I think we've got to do a better job as an industry is educating the general public of how important it is to have cyber liability. And I think people, just the, the idea that a lot of business owners just think, oh, I've got a million in liability coverage. That's enough, right? I've yeah. got a million in cyber or right. I, right. I don't understand it. So I'm just going to let it on just pass by me. I don't know. So I think we need to educate on how much they do need, what it can do, how it could put you in a hurry and a hurt real quick. 
That's right. And I mean, so, so really, and let's, that's two separate issues and let's kind of build off the most basic one, which is the idea that, um, I don't understand it. So I, therefore it's not a risk to me, right? We see this a ton where folks don't really understand. You still say the word ransomware and phishing and things like that. And, and they're more commonplace now, but people really still don't understand what that looks like. They don't understand, you know, how quickly that loss vector can, can add. Right. So, uh, just having it in place in, in the first place, I was on a call just recently with the guy that was a business owner, extremely successful business owner, um, has had his business for over 20 years. He's an older guy. He admits, I don't really understand it. And we were trying to explain to him like, man, you, you have over 10,000 personal health records on file, right? you need cyber insurance. And it was like, well, my IT guy tells me that I send everything to the cloud and I'm good. And it's like, man, it just, and I mean, again, the education piece of like, you have to understand from a liability standpoint, that's not how things work, right? Um, it, it is, it does make you more secure. Yes. Does it make you less uh, possible to have a major event? Yes. Does it completely and totally remove you from a liability claim, a breach, ransomware event any no it does not you need cyber liability insurance so just the education of like how does cyber liability how would a breach touch your business what has happened in your sector uh, we spend a lot of time on the front end i've got a sheet uh, that's really good that's provided by one of our carriers that breaks it down by sector like healthcare uh, professional services, education, manufacturing. Yeah. And, and when I start with a client, we don't go, here's your quote, here's the pricing and deductible. Do you want it? It's like, okay, let's talk about manufacturing for about 10 minutes about what has happened in your sector. And if there's any type of loss in the last six months that I can find in that sector of a like size company, which by the way, in 2023, all it takes is like a 30 second Google search to find usually to find something that's close. We talk about like, okay, this is what a loss could look like within your sector. And here's how healthcare is different than manufacturing. Here's how education is different than manufacturing and it's education. And then from there to the second point, a million is enough. We as insurance agents have done a really, really poor job. And the banking industry has got a finger in this pie as well of, of conditioning folks that 1 million is good enough. And why is that? Right. I start a right. business. What do I got to have? What's the bank got? What does the bank tell me? I got to have got to have a million dollars of general liability. Right. And you know, so many times professional liability for doctors, med mal, most of them like 90% carry a million. Right. And so people in general that buy insurance, see a million dollars as enough coverage, right. Quote unquote air quotes. And, and, the problem is with cyber is it is all based on revenue, number of records that you have to notify. If you got a hundred records on file, you're only got to notify a hundred people at $60 a pop. Quick math. That's six, you know, I mean, $6,000, right? Not that much. You know, you got 10,000 records, you know, and you got to notify everybody. That's a pretty good little lick there, right? So one yeah. of the things that we do uh, on the front end and, and part of that education process is we gather some baseline information. Um, it's not, you know, it's not like a credit report. It doesn't ding the business or anything. It's it's not super salesy. We just try to educate and I call it, it's, it's a loss quantification to help them understand, look, you are a uh, $70 million uh 
capital management firm, right? In a major market uh, in the South, you need more than a million dollars in coverage. Like, right. and, and, and we'll give them, we'll give them a, a bracket. I don't, I don't ever go in and say, this is the limit you need. We try to quantify that loss and say, hey, in the event, based on your revenue, based on your employees, based on the records you have, here's kind of the low end. If you got things, if it's not that bad, if it's kind of a light breach and here's the holy crap, you know, deep impact <laughs> breach, right? And everything in between. And our recommendation for you guys would be between three and six million in limits based on your risk tolerance, right? right. And then here, here you sit with a million and, and on an average breach, you're underinsured by, by two mil or three mil because you think that a million's enough. So great, great question. That's, that's something that I deal with on almost a daily basis. Yeah. And, you know, I, I just, uh, I go back again, you know, talking about this and you're just like anybody else, you know, listening to the show, you know, people might think, you know, you own some, you know, cyber liability co insurance company, you're an agent just like they are, you know? Correct. And so, you know, and, and having these conversations with these business owners and again, you know, people thinking right now, well, I'm in, I'm in trucking or I'm in farming or I'm in some other industry. I'm, I'm even thinking at this point, tell me your thoughts. There's a big need for cyber, even with farmers or even with truckers, even with people that, you know, typically you wouldn't think of need cyber, but there's still a massive need, correct? 1000%. And, and that's, I mean, and tell them about why I, I, yeah. I have a hard time, you know, Articulating this, you're the cyber yeah. guy. Yeah, you know, I'm just <laughs> sure a podcast. Sure. Guy no, 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 no. It's no, it's a great point. I mean, because I mean, think I mean, farming and trucking are two great industries to kind of hone in on. Because think about, I mean, the history of those two of those two sectors. Right. Uh, pa paper driven. You know, I mean, used to not too long ago. Uh, you know, a guy would hop in a truck with a paper map and just take off and go. You know, right. eastbound and down. Right. You know, I mean, like right. here we go. You know, and. uh, that, that, and, and farming, you know, I mean, the, the days of a smart combine are really, really new. Right. And, and the days of going out and plugging in a USB into, into a combine to tell, uh, you know, or tractor or any type of equipment to tell that piece of equipment, Hey, digitally, we've downloaded information here. Here's what, here's the GPS, here's the mix of the chemicals here, you know, whatever. Right. And all that stuff is extremely convenient, right? So both of those industries, trucking and farming, are becoming increasingly more tech savvy. And what you're finding is, is you're finding guys and I, guys and girls, people uh, that, you know, they've been in the industry for 20, 30, even 40 years, right? And here comes this tech wave and they're going, man, I really don't get this, but I know I've got to do it because I've got to evolve, right? If I, if I don't, I'm going to get bought out. I'm going to get surpassed. Somebody else is going to take my business. So they're onloading all this new technology and they're yep. not thinking about every single step that I take into the new era is an additional exposure to my business. Every time I plug a USB into a combine, there's a chance that there's malware on that USB and it locks up and bricks the entire piece of $500,000 equipment. Do I have insurance for that, right? <laughs> you know, um, every time that my lady that's in accounting that has been, uh, you know, sending stuff uh, through the bank or, or paying stuff by check, that she gets an email with a link to pay an invoice and she's not done that in the last 20 years 
and she's wiring 150 grand to a third party or to somebody that we do business with, that's, that's an exposure. Do I have insurance for wire transfer fraud? Right. Um, so, so those two industries are great to kind of hit the pause button on and think of because man, they're, they're kind of hurtling headlong into the technological age and, and, Probably one of the most impactful conversations I've had in my career is I sat down with a farmer that had been in it for almost 40 years and, uh, man, he didn't say much. He let his, he let his family do a lot of the talking, but he was in yeah. the room and he was listening. He asked a couple questions, but he didn't say a whole lot. Right. And when we got done, man, we wrote him a, we wrote him like a $10,000, uh, cyber policy, um, for, for a million in coverage, you know, um, based on their, their, uh, loss quantification that we talked about, you know, earlier, uh, thought that a million was good for those guys. And he just stood up, shook my hand, said, young man, thank you for coming by. He said, you said a lot of stuff that I didn't understand, but the way that I see it, it's not what I know that's going to get me. It's what I don't know. That's going to get me. So 100%. thank you. Yeah. You know? And I, I mean, I, I was, I respected I respected that, that approach quite a bit, you know? Yeah, no, I think you're right. Um, and again, it just goes back to, you know, again, conversation we've been having this last 30 minutes or so, just the importance of it. And I think there's a big gap in agencies. Again, I go back to what I was talking about, you know, a little bit earlier on about new business that people are wanting to grow. People want to add new premium and it's tough right now in the market and we're in a hard market, yada, 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 but you could lead with cyber or if you're doing your, uh, you know, your evaluation of their policies or you're checking, sure. you're doing this kind of stuff and you're comparing policies, there's probably a large gap in their current policy of what they have. And they probably have a million or they probably have some arbitrary, just enough to get by number. And you could go in there and say, Mr. Prospect, I was comparing the policies, taking a look at what you currently have. And I see a major, and here's your, here's your opportunity to really shine Correct. and talk about the importance of cyber, what you can do, where's their gaps, paint that picture, tell that story. So where they're like, oh my God, if I had a, cause I, I doubt Target, Neiman Marcus, some of these people, I doubt they thought they were going to have a cyber claim, but yeah. now you prepare them for that. Yeah. And then there you go. You've exposed the other agency, you've educated them on the policy they need. And you've added maybe 10, 15, 20, maybe even 30, $40,000 in premium. Correct. And yeah, the premium that what I guess the, 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 I don't know, the two sides of the coin here is for the agency principals out there listening, the average cyber policy that, that you're going to write, especially, I mean, unless you're located in Dallas or you're located in Atlanta or, or Chicago, you know, if you're writing a rural small business cyber policy, average premium on that's not going to be very much. It's going to be less than 10 grand, right? Okay. So, you know, I'm an agency principal and I'm going, man, my guy's going to have to squirrel hunt every day of the year. And I don't know if, if that's, if that's, you know, viable, right? I mean, like, am I going to invest in a producer to do nothing but squirrel hunt all year? Right. But, but to your point, you know, it all depends on how you approach it, you know, and there's, yeah. there's a little bit of, there's a little bit of secret sauce in there that I maybe don't want to spill on the podcast, but I mean, you're, I mean, to your point, there's, there's, you know, um, the, the opportunity, um, for, to go in there and show your chops a little bit. And what I will tell you is in my previous role, um, you know, we, we had, we had an account that had not done business with our agency um, in over 20 years. I mean, that's about as far back as I could go. They, they had been around in the area for longer than that, but I knew for a fact that we hadn't done business with them. And when they, they, they found out that we had a cyber specialist, right, through kind right. of word in the area, um, they reached out uh, through, uh, you know, a third-party connection and said, hey, uh, we're kind of reevaluating everything this year. 
Um, would you mind uh, to stop by and at least have a conversation? And man, we walked in. I mean, the, our, our, our biggest competitor, their stuff was all over. I mean, there were calendars hanging in every room, you know, yeah. and it was like, well, no wonder we hadn't been able to break in here. They love these guys. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, a, a 24, $25,000 cyber policy bound later. Now all of a sudden, I mean, we ain't got all the business, but we got a seat at the table that we hadn't had in 20 years. Sure. And I think that's the name of the game. But also think you round out that account, you know, you've got, even if it is, let's say 10,000 in cyber, yep. then you start getting their comp, their liability, Correct. their liability, you get Correct. their property, you get all the other coverages. You, you got some, you got some, you know, premium there that could easily provide some good revenue to make yourself feel good about the end of the day there. So that's right. And, and, and here's, and here's the, I'm a baseball guy. So, I mean, again, going back to the APs that are out there listening and yeah. thinking about building their team. Right. So I'm a baseball guy. Everybody's got a shortstop in your agency, right? You got your stud. Everybody's got your starting pitcher. Uh, you know, you got your four hole hitter, all that stuff. A cyber guy to me is, is like a, a a specialist left-handed reliever. You know, um, I think I'm a big Cubs fan. If you can't tell, you know, all the stuff behind me, right? So they they won a World Series in 2016. They had this guy named Mike Montgomery. He actually was on the bump when they got their last out of the World Series. Nobody in baseball history is gonna gonna remember Mike Montgomery, right? They're gonna remember Chris Bryant and Anthony Rizzo and Araldis Chapman and John Lester. But Montgomery would come in in a really specialized position against left-handed hitters and, and he would get some outs there that were crucial to the success of setting up the other players to go do the things that they're there to do. Right. And that's, to me, that's kind of what your cyber guy is, is he may not be your home run hitter. He may not be the guy that's going to go out there and write a, a $200,000 work comp policy or a, you know, a, a quarter of a million dollar property and casualty policy uh, or Bob, but he, he can set the other guys up. Well, yeah, I agree. Uh, and I think that that's, that's crucial. And so, uh, yeah, I, I think that, again, as we're talking to, uh, again, leading in with that or looking for gaps in coverage and things of that nature are ways to get that going. Uh, you know, I'd, I'd love for you if you could share just a minute about, you know, maybe what are some common gaps, some common exclusions that that maybe the common insurance agent may not know about or the common business owner just to help maybe some lingo, some common, maybe give some cheat terms they could use. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, so, I mean, obviously, and this came around, man, we had a tornado up this way. Um, you know, the Jonesboro tornado that was right around COVID. I mean, it was, it was a bad moment, Northeast yeah. Arkansas. And that fleshed out for a lot of people. There was a loss associated with that where they did not have uh, proper business income coverage. And it was like kind of an, a, a major aha moment for a lot of folks in, in, in our little pocket of the world where it was like, man, BI was a extremely hot topic for the next six months. I mean, I remember our agency principal pulling us in and sitting us down and said, if you do not have a bot policy with business income at ALS for 12 months, address it with every single insured. It's a major E&O exposure for us, right? So the business income piece um, and really understanding how much revenue is coming in there, how much business income would be needed to indemnify in the event that they were down for 30, 40, 60 days, right? The BI piece is, is really big. Um, the other thing is, is funds transfer fraud or, and, and here's the deal with cyber Heath, man. Like the thing that I hate about it and why you need a specialist is there is no standard form, man. You know, like in, in, in property and casualty insurance, like, I mean, think about like home and auto, like comps comp and it's called comp, right. And collisions collision. It's called collision on every, on, on every single policy. And, and, yeah, yeah. and, and, and cyber uh, funds transfer fraud is funds transfer fraud 
It is wire transfer fraud. It is cybercrime, depending on the term. And, and like those really don't have anything to do with each other. Right. You know, they don't sound the same. So uh, having somebody that understands like this is what this means and this is how right. Chubb words it versus how Tokyo Marine words it versus how CFC words it versus how coalition words it. That's that's pretty critical in the moment. And that wire transfer fraud stuff, it's a big deal right now. I mean, we've got I mean, I've, I've heard of chambers of commerce that were fished and sent fraudulent links that wired over a hundred grand on 10 or 11 different instances. I mean, like over weeks, I mean, th think about that. Like somebody sitting there over and over again, wiring away six figures and then going to your insurance agent who you love and you trust and you've been with for years and going, Hey, um, you know, Barbara over here, uh, you know, wired, she didn't, she didn't mean to, it wasn't malicious, but she wired $110,000, uh, away from, from the entity. And then that claim coming back just flat denied, um, that's, that's significant, right. For any business. So anyway, yeah, the, the, the business income, the wire transfer fraud stuff, and then you, you can really get into the, into the weeds with things like reputational harm. Um, we, I'm glad you said that. Like that. Yeah, because, you know, I had someone very, very close to me that had a claim, um, mm -hmm. very, you know, small claim. Right. But my friend had to send out an email to every single one of her clients, mm -hmm. his, her, sorry, um, their clients and let them know, hey, we were hacked. We had this going in a, spe a specific letter that the insurance company like told them they had to send out basically word for word. Right. That was a reputational harm in a sure. very embarrassing moment. Again, it, it's proactive. It's a good thing to do to let your clients know, hey, be on the lookout. We were hacked. Da, 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 da. Right. But at the same time, it, it definitely knocks down the trust with your business a little bit to yeah. say, wait a minute, you know. And again, she couldn't help it. They couldn't help it. You know, the right. person couldn't help it. But at the same time, it makes you start wondering, maybe I should go to the competition. And that could happen to one of your clients. That's right. And that's so one of the things, and I mean, that's kind of a convoluted topic because there's really two ways of looking at it. And both of them are right. We are becoming, it's almost like the school shooting thing that recently popped up. We're coming a little bit desensitized to it in the sense that it happens so frequently. Yeah. Um, it's not as bad as it used to be in the regard of like people hearing that and going like, oh my God, I can't believe that so-and-so didn't take care of my data. Right. It doesn't happen as much, but um, you know, for it depends on what sector you're in, man. I mean, like, think about the competition. Like, everybody focuses on themselves. You know, I, I, I deal with auto dealers quite a bit, right? We talk with auto dealers. And yeah. one of the questions that I always ask them is, hey, blank Ford dealership. If you couldn't sell a car, if you didn't have access to your network for 15 days, is there another place that somebody could go to get a Mustang around here? 100%. And every one of them says yes. You know, it's like, okay, now, what do you know from your stats? What do you know about your likelihood after selling a car to somebody about repeat business? You know, I mean, they'll all tell you, get them one time. You got a really good chance of getting them again, right? Pharmacies. Okay. Grandma is out of blood pressure pills, right? It's Friday night. You're down. She can't fill it, right? Where's she going? Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, one of those 24 hours that's open all weekend long. Once it gets filled over there, if she's paying two cents less than she was at your mom and pop pharmacy, she ain't coming back. That's a reputational harm claim, right? So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's twofold. Absolutely. There are folks out there 
that if they know that you haven't taken the IT measures to protect their their data, that they're going to, I mean, if it gets out into the community that there was a poor IT structure and you were just saving on IT and you didn't protect their data, they'll go, I ain't doing business with them jokers anymore, right? But more than that, it's like, what does your competition look like? And, and if you're the only show in town and you have a breach, folks are going to come back because there's no competition and they got to come to you. You know, you've got a, like a little mini monopoly. If you're an auto dealer, if you are a pharmacy, if you are uh, a retail shop, if you are an insurance agency, exactly. You know, I mean, the more competition there is, the more uh, likelihood that a breach can have a reputational damage and that somebody else can go find the same service elsewhere. Yeah, which, you know, brings up another good point. And one of the things is I'm training producers every day. One of the things we talk about is doing stuff that sets you apart from your competition. And one of the things that we talk about all the time is doing OSHA trainings or doing, you know, um, different types of educational opportunities with your clients to set you apart, to say, oh, well, my other insurance agent never came in and offered to do compliance checks or to do OSHA trainings. Here's you another opportunity to be an expert in another field to come in and say, here's some small tips you can do to protect yourself Right. From hackers, from fisters, or whatever you want. I don't even know the terminology. I'm so dumb. Right. But here's a way to protect yourself sure. by doing these three things. Maybe you just talk about sure. the T, the 2FA. Maybe you talk about what? Yep. I don't yep. know. Um, no, and then, no, you're exactly right. And I mean, like, again, this a little bit of, I don't want to show my full hand here, but I no, mean, but like I get we've, it. we've, yeah, we've, we've aligned ourselves with the, with the multi factor authentication group, right? And like, I mean, for me as a salesman, if I go in and I tell somebody that's looking at cyber insurance, we were working with a, a international law firm recently, right? Like they do international patent law. Definitely something that somebody yeah. out there on the dark web would value. Right, right, it's right, not right, like right, they right. have insignificant exposure, right? Didn't have multi-factor authentication. No multi-factor authentication. And I mean, like, like, like for the whole, no employee had multi-factor authentication because the C-suite said that it was inconvenient, right? So they come to us for multi, I mean, for, uh, uh, excuse me, for cyber liability. And uh, we take them out. Uh, first quote comes back and multi-factor authentication is not checked as a yes on the app, comes back at $30,000, right? right? So they're like, man, this is way more than we budgeted for, yada, yada, da. what's driving premium? And like, guys, you guys are an international law firm. You don't have 2FA. That's what's driving the premium. So at that point, I've either got the opportunity to say, uh, yeah, you need 2FA, go figure it out. Uh, good luck. Let me know when you get it. And then I lose traction in the sales process or I go, hey, um, if you need 2FA, we've got a partnership with blank company over here. And by the way, yeah. this is why we chose these guys because right. they're they're priced well, their service is good, you know, yada, yada, which is exactly what we do. And then not only do we have the opportunity to to continue to be at the lead of of, of the advisory role, there's also some ways to claw back some percentage points there too. So it's, it's definitely advantageous. Yeah, it definitely is. Um, and so, uh, as we, as we wind down a little bit, I did want to tell, you know, a little story kind of how I met you was a good friend of mine. And again, we're main nameless, uh, called me right. up and was like, you got to meet this guy. And again, as my audience knows, it listens every week. I always say, if you have someone you want to introduce me to, to be on the show, or if you have some content ideas, please reach out. And I get emails all the time. So guys, remember that Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. Here's an example, prime example of this agency owner, good friend of mine now 
reached out to me. He was like, man, there's this guy named Andy Runyon. You've got to meet. He helped me and my agency land a, a large account for us, all due to this little sector he's got. You need to hear about it. Mm-hmm. And so I'd love for you to tell without using any names, if you could tell, sure. you know, just 30, 45 seconds of that story, just a little bit, yeah. and maybe get the the audience thinking about this is how I could use Andy if I needed to, or use yeah. somebody like that. And right. Me. Yeah, no, absolutely. So uh, it was actually uh, a family member uh, of mine that's in insurance uh, as a producer, and she'd worked her way into this to this nice little PNC account. The the cyber was not, I mean, I, again, I mean, it wasn't, cyber was not nearly what the PNC was, right? Um, but she went in and she found out that there was a pain point around cyber. There had been a loss that wasn't fully indemnified because the program was not written correctly by the incumbent agent. Um, and then we dug into it. And not only was the cyber not written right, there was an additional exposure uh, on the tech ENO end, and there was no coverage in place at all, which is the equivalent of a doctor, you know, going out and performing surgery with no malpractice insurance. Right. So, uh, you know, pulled her aside, went and ate lunch with her and her, her AP and uh, said, look, guys, here, here's, here's how you do it. They already had a market. They had a broker that they were working with, right? Uh, but they just didn't have the specialty. So, so I kind of sat down and walked those through the guys through on uh, on an advisory role of you know what coverage was needed, um, what what limits were necessary, um, how what 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 did this it mean? You know what what does what does this coverage mean on the on the form when they got the quote in? And uh, you know, it's it's going to end up being a deal where I think that at large, if they end up you know, wedging in on the cyber and the tech ENO and then end up getting a shot at the PNC when it renews, it'll be well worth the, you know, uh, the, I, I think I had like a chicken wrap that day at lunch. It'll be, it'll be well worth the, the $11, uh, you know, wrap that, that yeah. they, that they invested. Yeah. From what, you know, he had told me it was a six figure account. And so that's just, you know, incredible to be able to, to have the, just by again, identifying that hole in that, you know, that spot that you could come in and educate and help out on. And so, um, other agencies that have been listening to this and you've dropped so much fire in this episode of things that, you know, we don't know about because the, the common insurance agent listening right now, if I'm offending you right now, I'm sorry, but the 90% of the agencies listening right now, they're not experts in cyber. They don't know cyber very well. And I guarantee you, 90% of your customers in your book of business right now, agency principal or producer or CSR, whoever's listening, they don't know about cyber either. So again, all those people listening right now, as they hear the story about my friend, um, how if they needed, you know, if they were in the same boat, like, I don't know enough about cyber. Could they reach out to Andy Runyon or his team at Brightline and get some help here? I know you're an agency as well, but... Yep. Could they reach out to you and get some help or get some advice? Sure, absolutely. I mean, there's a bunch of different ways to skin that cat. I don't want to paint anybody into a certain hole. But first of all, and I mean, just me as a human being and like kind of how I approach the world and my faith is like, I, there, there's so much ignorance out there. And and when I say ignorance, I don't want anybody to take offense yeah, to this, right? Ign- I, I had I coached with a guy who was great. He used to say, ignorant means you don't know. Idiot means something totally different, right? right. So there's so much ignorance out there around cyber. And, and I mean, I, I'm an abundance principle guy anyway. I mean, some of you may be sitting out there listening like, man, this guy's like, you know, telling us how to, how to sell against him. There's plenty of seats at the table out there on 100%. cyber, right? Like, I mean, I, I can eat, you can eat, but we can all sing Kumbaya. And and if this thing goes the way that it's supposed to go, I think we're all going to be sitting pretty, pretty, you know, in, in a pretty good spot here in 10 years anyway. Um, but yeah, I would say uh, reach out if you have any questions. Um, you know, we, we can come up with something. I mean, if it's a, if it's a training, uh, you know, Hey, I want to, I want to 
you know, hire uh, a cyber guy and, and we'd like to uh, hook up with you guys and come up with some type of, of training program, you know, absolutely. Yes, we can do that. Um, you know, the other is, is, man, I know it's out there and I don't want to deal with it, uh, but I need somebody to, to help, uh, you know, sell this uh, to my to my current uh, book of business and uh, we can come up with revenue splits and things like that. I mean, there, there's there's a bunch of different ways to, to go down this route, but we're absolutely a resource. And, and I would say to anybody that was listening, that's kind of uh, been, uh, had the approach of like keeping cyber maybe at an arm's length, man, right now is the time to, to really push in, think about how you want to invest from a personnel standpoint, from a time standpoint. Uh, because if you don't, uh, not to be crass, but there's guys like me out there that absolutely will, you know, hundred percent. And that's one of the reasons why I'm so glad that my friend introduced me to you and that we were able to have this conversation because, uh, again, you know, one of my citizens listening came through and gave me some great content to introduce to the crowd. So I appreciate your open and honest conversation. Again, I didn't want you to give away the farm and, you know, all of your secrets, but at the same time, uh, I did want to educate the audience a little bit on the importance of it. And again, if you want to dive even further into it, as Andy said, you know, he's a good dude. He'll listen to you. Um, what is a good way for them to find you? Is there a phone number? Is there a C- email address? Is there a... Yeah. Social? So first, first thing I would say, try to hit me up on LinkedIn. I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. So uh, just Andy Runyon there on LinkedIn, uh, VP of... Uh, cyber specialty at Brightline Insurance Services. And then uh, my email uh, is a runyan, R-U-N-Y-A-N at brightlineinsurance.com. Either one of those ways would, would, would be just fine. That's awesome, man. Again, I really appreciate it. Um, and then do you guys, you know, do you do webinars or you do any kind of teaching or do you have things like that too, that you guys do that people want to learn a little bit more? Yeah, absolutely. And, and like I said, keep kind of high level because I, again, I mean, I, I mean, it, it is what it is. I love how you called it out. It's like, man, like this guy's spilling the beans. Like if you've listened to this and thought that I've spilled the beans, you have no idea how deep cyber is <laughs> like, this is, we are, we are extremely, extremely surface level today. Right. But um, yeah, no, I, I've done, uh, we've done quite a few webinars. This is, I believe my third podcast in the last 10 days. Um, we've, we do, um, uh, we work with folks that are actually writing coursework for CISOs and MSPs um, yeah. because managed service providers continue to get drug in on the liability conversation. So um, I've, I've got some documents that we're, we're in the works right now to, to help those guys write training and write textbooks for um, folks that are in IT roles so they yeah. can learn more. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a very, um, I, I don't want to say time consuming because it sounds negative, but it is a large portion of what we do. Dude, I, I appreciate you coming to join us today and hanging out with us, man. And we're going to have to have you on again. I yeah. appreciate you, brother. Hey, anytime, man. If it, it's, you know, I mean, I'm a three on the Enneagram and a former teacher. Uh, it's not hard to get me to, <laughs> to start talking, you know. Yeah, I love, man. Love, love to be on. Yeah, I'm a three as well, man. So, dude, I appreciate you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me today, Heath. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much, guys, for hanging out with me and Andy today in the show. I hope you learned as much as I did in this conversation. What a good time that we had. If you want to learn more, reach out to Andy. If you got an idea for your own show, then you need to uh, reach out to us and uh, go to Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. It's because of people like you that you get to hear great guests like this. Thank you, Holden, for reaching out to me. A little shout out to Holden Smith, who... uh, 
introduced me to Andy and wanted me to have him on the show. And he did a great job. Great suggestion. Guys, reach out to me if you got your own suggestion. If you want to be a guest yourself, Heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. If you've got an idea for your own show, go to getreadysetpodcast.com. Ready, set, podcast, turning your brilliant idea into reality. Thanks again, guys. I look forward to hanging out with you again next week.